This week on the High Ground Podcast, we break down my personal favorite Star Wars film in the whole saga, The Empire Strikes Back. So excited to get into it. Let's go! Hello, welcome, and thank everyone for coming here to the uh, to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited because um, you know we're talking Empire Strikes Back, and that's my favorite Star Wars movie, so I am stoked on it. Um, Mine is and it. yes, it's, it's Pep's favorite as well. Okay, Me too. awesome. Okay, so I got got the right right crowd. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Victoria and, and Pep have, have come on to the show before. I'm super excited to have you on, Matt, because I love how uh, the detail that you go into on, on your TikToks, and um, it's, it's awesome. So I, I'm stoked to have you here. But um, speaking of which, we'll just go, go around. I know some of you have already shared it, but just a little brief um, introduction if you know this could be someone's first time watching a podcast. So I will start with, uh, with Victoria. Um, who are you? How'd you get uh, started with Star Wars? And who's your favorite original trilogy character? I bet you can't guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I'm Victoria. I'm it's Victoria Y'all on TikTok. Nowhere else right now. But um, I guess starting with Star Wars, um, it was kind of like a heritage. So it gets passed down through my family. So it became sort of like a family affair, something that we would all connect over. You know, we went to Star Wars weekend at Disney and uh, those were fun. Um, but I don't know, I guess I um, just really used it as a way to connect with others. And that's, you know, very impactful to the way I view Star Wars now. It's a connective um, and collaborative act yes you can make it super personal and watch it by yourself and enjoy it in your own personal self but it is a way to connect with others um like this podcast but um my favorite original trilogy <laughs> character is darth vader um and i guess that came out of i always felt a little like insecure a little introverted and it was really hard for me to stand up for myself and so i saw darth vader as this like wow, this powerful figure on screen. Um, I mean, it, he is one of the most powerful figures we see on screen, period. Um, and kind of seeing how the height of his power, I know this is corny, but how the height of his power um, and his motivation was an expression of very deep love. And it made me feel like there's some sort of power within me because I can love well. And so, um, I don't know, I just really, that, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the power of love is what conquered the Star Wars universe uh, yep. over and over. It's also what nearly destroyed it. But uh, we, we don't we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk uh, about that. <laughs> um, Pep, you? Um, well, I'm underscore element seven underscore element seven on YouTube. Um, element X style on Instagram, which I have now started posting reels um, alongside my TikToks. So go follow me there if you want to. Um, I'm a Star Wars creator. Uh, and I got into Star Wars probably just like everyone else did. You know, my brother showed me A New Hope on VHS when I was uh, a wee bit lad. And I was always very imaginative, but it seemed like it seemed like Star Wars had propelled my imagination like a hundredfold since learning about the Force, seeing a, a laser sword. Um, and just kind of like being the first introduction to something that I was 
so gung-ho about in terms of exploring the deeper lore of it um because i was really young still when i first watched it and and so i hadn't really dove deep into any kind of subject matter in terms of lore before so when the force was a was a subject when laser swords were a thing i was like this is something that really really interests me and then I just went all in with Star Wars after that. Um, my favorite OT character. It's a toss-up between Luke and Yoda, um, primarily because I didn't start liking Luke until Empire, and we don't meet Yoda until Empire. So um, I guess I guess if I had to pick one, I'd have to pick Yoda only because like like the effect that Yoda has on me to this day is a testament to how great how great he was as a sage mm -hmm. and his impact on the story and luke's training given the amount of time he's involved in the ot um so personally yoda had the most impact on me personally in the ot and that's why he's my favorite nice i like it yeah and uh last but certainly not least matt How's it going? Um, so this is definitely weird and new to me, um, but my name is Matthew Tracy, uh, Maddie underscore T underscore underscore Swizzle on uh, TikTok. No relation to Taylor Swift. It's all ironic. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, you can find me over there. I'm still relatively new. Uh, uh, you guys, actually the three of you guys were some of the people that inspired me to start making Star Wars content um, on TikTok. So uh, this is really weird to be on here with you guys. So I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, gone to Star Wars. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I was probably five or six and my dad had this case. It was, I didn't realize at the time, but it was a Darth Vader case. It had some of his really, really old Star Wars figures and it was under his bed. And I would love to go up there and like pull them out and look at them. I had no idea what it was. Um, and then right around the time, I think Revenge of the Sith was about to come out. He sat me down and he was like, all right, it's time to have the talk, um, about Star Wars. And so, uh, he sat me down and we watched through the original trilogy and then got caught up to Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I just, I was blown away. I mean, I was like, oh, this is it's pretty cool. This is better than what I've been watching. So um, as far as favorite original trilogy characters go, uh, probably Wedge. Um, I'm the guy that likes to look in the, like the background. And I, I, you know, I remember Wedge from the first one and we were, we were watching Empire. And I, um, I was like, wait, that's the guy from the first movie. That's pretty cool. He's making a reappearance. He's not like a big player. And then we got to Return of the Jedi and he was in it again. And I was like, dang, this guy's like really cool. He's a kind of doesn't get a lot of spotlight, but I can appreciate that. And then I started reading all the books and and he became quickly one of my favorites um, of the original trilogy. Yeah. So, have, yeah. have you read the uh, Aftermath uh, trilogy? I have. Yeah. Okay. Just because, oh, yeah. I don't know, they always, uh, he always has weird love interests in both uh, <laughs> canon and legends yeah, yeah. where things don't go the way uh, he plans. But yeah. I'm happy that they, he ended up doing well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as you guys know, Empire is my number one. I've watched it a million times. Uh, I've watched the tape until I broke it. And uh, yeah, I've just, just always been a huge fan. But I love how you put it. Um, element because it really is you know i have um a big interest in in writing and things like that and i feel like star wars is a big part of you know learning about this the concept of having this new world that's different from ours that we we live in um during this is what helped fuel my creativity and and life in general you know what i mean helps you gain different perspective on on things and so um 
yeah, just always been a huge fan. Uh, for for me, as far as favorite original trilogy character, I gotta go with uh, with my boy Luke. Um, just just love him, uh, especially in this movie because this is where all the depth came. You know, um, A New Hope was very uh, event based, uh, but this one is very character driven, and that's that's my jam. You know, that's that's, that's the sauce. Um, but uh, so for me, and that's that's what makes you know Empire special. But I want to jump to to Eleanor. What makes Empire special, and and where does it rank? Well, I know where it ranks, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Empire ranks number one, obviously, um, on top of The Last Jedi. And, and you know me, like my two top movies of Star Wars has heavily to do with deep lore. Um, and what makes Empire so special is that, as I mentioned, like in, in A New Hope, when I was introduced to the Force and laser swords and then this kind of inkling of an idea of like world building. Empire scaled up that galaxy a hundredfold because in a new hope we had only had tatooine and like aldron got blown up and then like the death star uh in in empire i mean we 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 heard about ord mantel we heard about we were on hoth we were seeing uh tauntauns and 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 like snow creatures and all kinds of like different like fauna and creatures on Dagobah um and then like we see we had only gotten like a sprinkling of Obi-Wan he's saying use the force in A New Hope in an empire he showed up as a full-fledged force ghost that was our first like vision of a force ghost and so in that way when he starts training on Dagobah and he meets Master Yoda it's just just like uh as i said it scaled up the world building in the universe a hundredfold and that's what makes it special for me yeah totally and uh matt yeah so i 100 agree with that um just how much it added uh to the universe because you know episode four was pretty self-contained um and then this should really just um spread it out but i also really uh like just the atmosphere that the movie creates. Um, the beginning has the suspense, the end has kind of the fun, and then, you know, with the cliffhanger and everything. Um, I just like just um, from start to finish with the music and the visuals and everything, just the atmosphere that the entire movie gives off um, is still one of my, one of one, by the reason it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It, I like how you say atmosphere because the movie just like it feels like, I mean, it hits different, you know, it just. Yeah. Um, and uh, Victoria, how about you? So um, I was reading the other day and it was like talking about how initially before Empire Strikes Back was released, it was, you know, like a second one can only be a second one, but Empire Strikes Back was so much more, you know, it's this legendary sequel. And, you know, as Element said, and as Obi-Wan would say, you know, it's a first step into a larger world, you know, it expands the Star Wars universe in so many ways. And it's something I personally love about Empire Strikes Back, you had already mentioned, um, it calls for an active audience, not a latent audience. This is not just entertainment anymore, it's a world. And so, you know, it requires work on our part to sift through the complexity, the darkness, like it's a dark film. Um, and we get to know characters in really meaningful ways. Um, we'll discuss all of this later, but you know, like from the duel on Bespin, you get an entire layer of identity, not only to our hero, but to our antagonist. And, you know, um, like 
we see Darth Vader kneel that he's an apprentice all of a sudden and you see his like power and then all of a sudden you know getting out of the asteroid field so that he can kneel in front of someone so like it you know reveals the larger complexity of the Sith we see Yoda you know it's a larger complexity to the Jedi and I don't know there's just something that stirs something within us um and I was reading again it said that Empire Strikes Back was always referred to as the heart of Star Wars um and that really struck me because you know being an emotionally driven person and as we've talked about already emotions were important to this you know a lot of the action is yes we get things like Hoth the dual investment we get the asteroid field but we have emotional action more than anything and like identity action so I think that's what makes Empire so special um and even from the opening crawl we get it is a dark time for the rebellion like already you're like whoop and it says <laughs> although like the the word although is like I'm going to challenge everything you thought you knew about Star Wars you know it's just really interesting yeah yeah just like like I said I mean that the first movie is a uh it's it's a it's a family oriented um but it's it's a kid's power fantasy with mm-hmm. very clear motifs of right and wrong and then this one all of that gets turned uh for each and every single character in the whole entire film and yeah. so that's that's what we're gonna jump into all right so it goes straight to straight into act one um I'm just calling it, you know, from the opening crawl until Luke, you know, heads to the Dagobah system. A lot to digest. There's a lot of uh, parts and players. If you can pick one or two, Uh, I'm going to start with with Matt on this one. Okay. So, you know, there's always those one or two moments in a film that just like stick, like the first time you've watched it, you still remember just sitting there and staring at it. And I don't know why, but I remember sitting on that couch and watching the, uh, through the, like the macro binoculars, seeing those walkers, walk across that ridge and I was just sitting there and like I think the music kind of like doles down and it's just like that suspense that it builds and um, I just never seen anything like that and I was I still remember just sitting there and like what's gonna happen Um, and then just everything that follows you know sometimes you build up those expectations but that really fulfilled on those expectations that it builds up Um, so just you know feeling that dread of like oh boy we're not just gonna win this one are we Um, (laughs) I really uh, enjoyed that part yeah Um, and and then I also because yeah. it's, it's unique to have that big action set piece right off the bat in a movie and like yeah. you would never really see that but go go on i was gonna say the other thing that stuck with me was the the dog on wampas um man that thing scared the crap out of me when i was a kid <laughs> he chopped his arm off and i was like oh it's blood and gore I, what am i watching but um yeah that was that, that really scared me and scarred me as a child on um, wampas not gonna lie whenever my family would go up to to the snow uh from northern california we'd go up to like fort bragg and stuff i was always afraid to go out alone because <laughs> there was always one just just yeah. off site you know yeah. you never know when a wobble will strike <laughs> and uh but uh victoria uh act one what, what you oh to? man you know i could talk forever so <laughs> i did narrow it down but it's the first time we hear the Imperial March and mm-hmm. it just swells within you. And um, we're left with the empire being very vulnerable at the end of A New Hope. You know, we get this victorious, like, woohoo, the rebellion won, but they didn't, you know? And so you see this kind of contrast and this juxtaposition from like Darth Vader is so vulnerable at the end of A New Hope. And then he's standing in front on the command 
bridge and you just see his silhouette, which was recalled in The Last Jedi with Leia, which I thought was a really cool parallel. But uh, you just see his like silhouette over the large window and um, it pans out. You're hearing this like really powerful Imperial March. Um, we're introduced to Piet and I love Piet. Y'all know how I feel about him. <laughs> and, you know, Piet adds this layer to the empire. You know, we, we almost sympathize for him. Like his boss, don't get me started on Ozil. I, I swore I would not start on Ozil, but we, his boss is not listening to him and, you know, he's working hard. And so you see this new layer to the empire that is like these people are doing their jobs you know like he's he's working for a wife and kids at home and so i don't know it, it adds like you said this layer that of ambiguity to what we think we know and um so i think you know i i said i wouldn't get started on ozil but you know ozil mansplains to darth vader <laughs> and it's like how on earth can you mansplain to darth vader he's like my lord there are so many uncharted settlements it's like come on he knows what he's talking about you know so oh well but uh i guess this happens before dagobah too um the zoom call where i mean darth vader is like sitting this one the zoom call with ozel <laughs> and you see like the power the like suspense ozel's getting demoted piet's getting his promotion and then the guy in the back demoted <laughs> i love the guy in the back he's sitting at his computer and he's like <laughs> trying to look busy <laughs> he's like trying to look busy the whole time um i don't know it's just there's like interesting humor in empire strikes back that's like i don't know i, I just found to be very fun um but i think we see I don't know. We just see a, a new, you know, layer to the empire in this. We see um, Darth Vader in his like power. He, he's at the peak, and he's grown from that vulnerability at the end of A New Hope. And I don't know. You see the scope of the empire, and I think that's yeah. really powerful. Yeah, I, I love it too. Um, I got uh, I got Brooke in the chat saying uh, the Wampa deserved better. <laughs> Hashtag and oh Darth Wampa. It just it just makes me think of a uh, of a deleted scene where um, there's like a room inside of Echo Base where you open it and there's Wampas in there, and so like they lock it and put out. up a sign, and then when the Empire invades, they take off the sign and like <laughs> it's. Just a weird, like, weird humorous bit that kind of doesn't quite fit in, but I don't know, it just makes me chuckle whenever I think about it. Um, uh, Element, what, what do you got? Um, so as I said earlier, like, the big, the biggest part of this movie is about, you know, the world building and expanding on the universe. So, the, so a couple things come out to me in Act 1 is, of course, seeing the Force Ghost of Obi-Wan. Um, when I first saw that, I was like, is he back? But then, you know, because I was like young when I first saw it, but obviously it has a lot of implications on the force and the, the larger scope of that lore. Um, and Luke obviously doing the force pull, that was another new thing from the force that we hadn't seen from A New Hope. Um, so beyond deflecting laser blasts um, and pulling off one in a million shots, this was like our full-fledged display of how one could use the force like in practical settings and so that that scene i'm pretty sure this is the same for everyone in the chat and everyone here that scene 
you paused right away and you tried to do that to your remote control and you were like <laughs> oh it's not working <laughs> um uh the other parts in act one definitely we get a lot of han and leia banter during this time as well mm -hmm. it's so much sexual tension um we get the the stuck up half-weighted scruffy looking nerf herder quote um the infamous uh incestuous kiss and um <laughs> and uh and we get to see leia be a general like um the first time we see her she's rescuing herself she's taking the reins from han and luke um and the second time we see her in here she's an actual general she's like standing amongst her troops she's disseminating tactical information she's giving orders she's like and everyone's looking at her with with the utmost respect and that scene is an incredible scene to see especially if you look up to leia um and yeah don't yeah. want to go go ahead and <laughs> no but you're absolutely right she got introduced to us as a far-off damsel in distress uh, who quickly started taking over the situation <laughs> once they freed her but in this film she's evacuating this this entire base and had made no thought or any plans for her own escape <laughs> they had to physically pull her off um because that that was just the last thing on, on her mind and i i know i just i really enjoy that as well um and then for me you know writing on that is the interaction between her and han um where you know he's he's trying to get her to say it you know he he knows that there's something there and he's like just just say it and you know later we get the continuation of that conversation but um yeah i mean han just being just the the, the manliest man in the galaxy just uh <laughs> you know doing his thing um and also you know like you were saying Matt, just the, the scope of it the scope of the empire um, seeing all this this new stuff, um, seeing the snow speeders for the first time, you're like, what is this, you know? Um, and also, it makes me laugh every time when he hops in and Dax like, I feel like I could take on the whole empire myself. Guys, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, just, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Insult and injury, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, all right. So so jumping forward, you know, because this this is my favorite part is just this middle little chunk here. Um, we get to Act Two. So we got, you know, Luke takes off, heads to the Dagobah system, and um, Han and Leia are on the Falcon going to the, uh, getting chased down by the Empire, and it's just wonderful. Um, I started with Matt last time, so uh, Victoria. Yeah, there's so much to say, and so I feel like, ah! but <laughs> I will. <laughs> so, um, starting on Dagobah, R2 playing in the swamp is the cutest thing ever, and it's just really, it's adorable. Um, just the little scope again, it's just adorable. Um, then I, I took some notes so that I would remember, because I'm bad at, like, organizing, but so as far as time goes, meditation chamber, Piet walks in, we see evidence of Darth Vader's humanity. So I, I think that's a really interesting moment. Like we see like a human head and you're like, wait a second, things I thought I knew. 
Um, and then the way that James Earl Jones says, asteroids do not concern me, Admiral. I just love it. Iconic. It's it's my bio on TikTok. Um, Empire Strikes Back, Yoda energy, immaculate. He's just so funny. It's a good lighthearted uh, lift from like the suspense of the like chase with Han and Leia um, and the suspense of Hoth. Like Hoth is dense and you know we love it but it, it's it's a lot and so um like Yoda's really cool and we introduce or introduce him as like almost hu hu in a little humorous way but then we get to see him grow like really beautifully um the you know looking at for a great warrior wars do not make one great like we see this sort of sage begin to come out like you're saying element and it's it's you see so many layers begin to open and so many doors um but when he starts eating luke's dinner i lose it every time i I can. Um, the light, the mud hole, slimy, my home this is, just fills me. And R2 and Yoda's duel, I know we, we were about to talk about the duel on Bespin, but the most iconic is R2 and Yoda's duel, I'm telling you. It's just so funny. Um, and if you guys... <laughs> yeah, and if you guys have ever seen the uh, bad lip reading where it's like the song no, about the seagulls, the seagulls, oh, it kills no. me. It kills me. Um... The, uh, oh, I the, when um, Palpy contacts Vader for the first time in this act. And so this, this is like opening up a whole new can of worms. You know, we, we see him kneel and we're like, this guy's so powerful. He's kneeling to somebody. He's subservient to someone. This guy must be like, <gasps> you know, and so it's just like very, like it makes your heart race. Um, but with, the knowledge that we have now when they're like, oh, this must be the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. And Vader's like, how is that possible? You know, very salty. Um, <laughs> then, I don't know, there's just a lot of layers to that conversation. Um, it opens up a whole lot. Um, and then also in this act is Yoda and uh, his theme for the first time. Like we, it, I, I, I'm telling you, there's, it's like the end of It's a Wonderful Life when Rocky runs up the stairs and Yoda lifting Luke's ship <laughs> out of the swamp. Yeah. Those have the same triumphant energy cry every time. Um, the Minox scared me as a kid. Oh, when oh it jumps gosh. on the window? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it just, oh, kills me. Um, we hear about the dark side for the first time. We hear about, you know, well, not the first time, but like we hear a bit more openness about it. Like uh, Yoda speaks about its consumption, uh, about how you're almost a victim to the dark side in a way. Like it, it and it reminds me of like the Momin thing. Um, the dark side does not serve you, you serve the dark side. Um, or like if you do not feed the yeah, dark feed side, it, yeah. the dark side will feed on you. And so it's just a very interesting, um, like chilling view of the dark side. And so it, it, I don't know, it's just really beautiful. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Element will elaborate more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if not me. So. Hey, it's all good. Like I, mean, I can hear you talk about it all day and the chat is just absolutely loves you, Victoria. So- Oh, um, I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know, it's just so, it's so beautiful. Like this act in particular is just like, like you were saying, it's the favorite act almost. Like it's it's so much information. Um, 
it, it's just really interesting. Like we, we are introduced to Boba Fett in this. Um, we're like bounty hunters, you know, we don't need our scum. And we see Piet almost like get defensive. Like I, I'm not doing my job well enough. And then we see him rushedly say, oh, we, my Lord, we have them. And then rip Captain Nita. <laughs> I love him. Um, uh, the and then when so Luke says, <laughs> and then when I don't believe it, that's why you fail. Oh, that that's really beautiful. Um, and then Leia and Han arrive on Bespin. Uh, you're really unsure about Lando. You're almost kind of like on edge, and you feel this anticipate anticipation start to build. And so you're you had this like action at Hoth, and then we're like open, and um, it's like a nice. I'm not a music person, but it's like a little symphony and you're like really getting this anticipatory build um, for the next act. And that's where I'll end. <laughs> All right. I, I appreciate it. And uh, Element, your thoughts? Uh, so definitely the, my favorite act uh, of Empire Strikes Back and and possibly like the only moment that really stand I like I, of course there's a lot of moments but the, the only moment that I'm going to mention as a standout is just Luke's entire time on Dagobah um, training with Luke because um, up until this point in the movie we've only scratched the surface of what the force uh, was we had the light side we had the dark side and then this act that we see our first clear distinction in terms of the force like because before then the only line that was drawn uh was the man in black killed luke's father who was the man in white so to speak um but um it's also the first time we get to see luke dip into the dark side with what he takes with him and takes out of the cave his propensity to be impatient and act on emotions um just the entire time Yoda is is teaching Luke, he's going from like this senile old sage to this wondrous being, like Victoria said, in like a matter of like an hour, I believe. And each step of the way, everything he's teaching Luke about the forest is just getting um, bigger and bigger in scope. And you're learning more and more distinction, or I guess you're, um, as with Star Wars, you're peeling away more and more layers and um, revealing a lot more ambiguity toward um, with a lot of things in the force. Um, but I think within that moment, some moments that stand out to me obviously is um, when Yoda makes that clear distinction, like how do I know the good from the bad? And he says, when you are calm, at peace and passive and the dark side is easy, um, more seductive. Um, and he says, like, he, he tries to make that point to Luke. He says, not more powerful, just easier. And a lot of people, especially people who are, I guess, stands of Sith or the, or the dark side, try to make or try to latch on to this notion that the dark side is more powerful. But I think if we're, if we're thinking about the Force holistically and how, how the the goal the entire time is to keep it in balance it's the fact that they are both so powerful in and of its in and of themselves and neither one is more powerful inherently right and so when he makes that distinction it's it's the easier one it's more seductive that's something i really really appreciate and of course my favorite moment from his training is when he lifts the x-wing 
Um, well, before he lifts the X-Wing, he tells Luke, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. And that was the first time in my life where I completely exited myself. I'm like, yo, I am so much more than this. <laughs> like I was, com I was completely feeling myself. I was thinking so much of myself. Like, yes, I am a, a bright and shining star. Uh, this body is just a vessel and I am so much more than it. And then he, the, his, his, his final lesson to Luke when he lifts the X-Wing and he's like, I don't, I, I don't believe it. And he's like, and that is why you fail. And uh, yeah, that is the icing on the cake for me in that act. Always with you, what cannot be done. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just so much. Uh, love it, love it. Um, Matt, what, what jumps out at you? So I actually got to see this uh, back a couple months ago. It came back in theaters. And I never thought I'd get to see it again, you know, like in theaters. Um, but something I just noticed, and I mean, I appreciate it, but I never appreciated it so much was just um, just the, the score in the entire film. But like from the moment the asteroid chase starts, um, just the score, it knows when to like build up. It knows when to cut out. It knows when to, and it's not like manipulative, but it's perfect for each individual scene. And I think especially like on Dagobah, it knows when to be completely quiet and just let you hear like the crickets and the snakes. It knows when to build up like when he's raising it out of the water. Um, and I, I'm a musician, so I, I can really appreciate um, just all the work they put into just the score in the film and um, how it just really affects um, and builds on um, that, especially in the second act um, with those scenes from, from the Asteroid Chase all the way to Bespin, um, which is great. But also, uh, like, like you guys have been talking about Yoda, but I didn't take him seriously at first. I mean, I guess no one did when he started beating on R2D2. But um, like, I was like, ah, this is the this is the guy. This is like the Grandmaster. And I guess Luke was feeling that way too. But um, there was like a moment where Luke's just he's not taking any of the crap, and you see Yoda like the puppet. He just like he's kind of smiling and he just like frowns, and <laughs> like Yoda goes in like serious mode. And I was like, ah, okay, this is the guy. Um, but really just, it made me want to like, I mean, there was like a couple of throwaway, throwaway lines in um, A New Hope, like mentioning the Clone Wars, but seeing Yoda and knowing that there were like more Jedi and that they used to be a thing really wanted me to know like what happened before, what happened after. And it got me interested in the stuff like outside of the films. Um, but just le learning about Yoda, learning about the Jedi Order and what came before, um, you know, just really got me interested in what happened before. And of course that was rewarded, you know, years later with the, the prequel trilogy, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, the asteroid belt theme is my favorite theme of all of Star Wars. I love it. I listened so to it on much. my way home today. <laughs> um, it's and it's such a like I've never heard anything like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes back into the Imperial March and then the do 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 and like oh, that's so good. Um, that whole scene just just I I love it. Um, I also you know, things that jump out to me, you know, without trying to tread on the same things you guys have already covered, because uh, you did an amazing job, but um, that that bounty hunters meeting was one of those things, kind of like the Clone Wars line in the first one, where you're like, okay, who are these guys? Um, I know disintegrations, so that's been a problem in the past. Like, it's been enough of a problem that you have to preface this. <laughs> um like that that's interesting too i mean it's you know boba fett was was created for the holiday special <laughs> and and um and just his character kept 
kept growing and we we still are seeing the ramifications of it today which is just just really cool uh and uh, additionally i mean i still i still have to go um oh you know this being inside of of the cave and realizing that it's not a cave um i love it and i also love anthony daniels like low comedy bits yeah he was obnoxious on the ship but it adds to the chaos of like all right we're being chased the star destroyers are behind us we're in an asteroid field this guy's rattling off numbers like what the heck and then when han and and leia have their moment and he walks in and he's like hello (laughs) he's like read the room man like yeah. uh, it just just makes me laugh um he does read the room and that's what he gets out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's two people here hello <laughs> uh yeah but yeah i still i still always have to go back to you know luke learning um on dagobah uh that moment you you guys are talking about where you know he's playing the the buffoon and you know even says oh your father yeah i knew him powerful warrior and all this stuff he's like you don't even know what you're talking about like and he's getting impatient and then yoda just drops it it's like yeah he's impatient i I can't train this kid like this kid's an idiot um and to me that resonates today because it wasn't that he was an idiot and it goes back to you know you luminous beings are we not this crude matter Luke was just judging him because he was little. You know what I mean? Like Luke had this thing in his head of this is what it means to be powerful. This is what a warrior is. This is what I need to be. And confirmation bias. If it's not that, I, I ignore it. And, you know, that's that's a lesson that I think is true for everyone. You know, you sometimes you're shocked at what you meet when you actually mm-hmm. stop and listen and, you know, to people. Um. And uh, yeah, just that unable to, to pay attention. Um, oh, the dark side cave. I did want to touch on that because um, when I was little, I had no idea what the hell was happening. Uh, <laughs> it took Damn. me took me uh, years. Like I was like, okay, this is a slow, weird part, but we'll get back to the good stuff. Um, you know, like it was cool when when he defeated the dark side, but then you know you see his own face. And you're still putting these pieces, and these pieces aren't going to show you a picture. This is it's putting together a puzzle without looking at the box beforehand. And you have all these pieces, and they're like forming this thing. And the way it coalesces later in the film is incredible. You know what's in there? Only what you take with you. You know, it's your weapons. Whew, we can go off on that one for forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah anyways Luke gets impatient right he has the visions of his friends in trouble and they're like if you go now you're going to die and he's like I don't care Uh, so Luke runs off and we get to act three so we get Luke heads to Cloud City and uh, throughout the rest of the film and we'll go to Element first so of course he had to prove me right when he uh completely acted on his emotions and was being as impatient as Yoda was telling Obi-Wan he was and went off to save his friends. And of course that ended well. Um, But primarily because uh, he lost a hand and he didn't really 
do much. Like he, he ended up needing to be saved himself. Um, but I guess the moment that stands out to me in this act is of course the big twist um, back in the day, which is now just like the, the crux of this entire movie is finding out who Vader was to Luke. Um, but I guess a little before that moment, it was, it was the duel itself had so many implications uh, emotionally and practically because it had shown that Luke, while he did do some training with Yoda, um, and he had shown um, vast amounts of improvement in his in his skills, he still was being toyed with by by Vader, um, and you can see it in the fight. Like he he's doing a lots of flourishes, he's doing lots of spins, and Vader's just like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> Like you do not need to do all this, all this yep. stuff. And he's, he's just bearing down on Luke the whole time bears down on him until that, that antenna post um, out on that shaft. And then he takes off his hand. Um, and the additional implication of this scene is when obviously even beyond revealing who he was to Luke is, is him revealing that he actually wants Luke to join him and maybe imply he wants to overthrow the emperor as well um and of course our first our first look at perhaps a, a dwindling or or a, a flickering candlelight of anakin where i don't was it was it in this movie or was it in return where he said you don't know the power of the dark side he says it in this he says if you only knew the power of the dark side yeah in this one. so I think I think you know having having seen it multiple times now, not in the first time, but um, multiple viewings. You're kind of like, I don't know, is this Anakin warning him? He's like, you don't know, dude. Like I can't, I have to obey my master. Um, and we'll touch on this, uh, like obviously in, in in later on in the episode about like knowing what we know now with with what happened. But yeah, that's the. Those are the moments that stand out to me in this act. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the the reveal of we would be honored if you would join us. Oh <laughs> man, that still gives me chills. <laughs> like that that moment to me is uh I mean it's still ahead, but it, it also the only other time I had that feel is in um Spider-Man Homecoming when he opens the door <laughs> and to his date. And it's uh, oh, and he knows it's the vulture, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh shoot, yeah." Um, Matt, uh, your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, so I just love the introduction of Lando, um, and I think he's like the perfect like juxtaposition to Han Solo. Han Solo is this gritty, like they both come from the same like cast, but like Han Solo is this gritty, kind of no nonsense guy, and Lando is this very flamboyant, suave kind of. You know, they they really work well together, um, and it's just a good balance. And then just to see Han Solo after, you know, confronting that and just becoming super vulnerable. I think for the first time we get to see him just kind of knock down a peg um, when he gets captured and um, just definitely a different side of Han Solo seeing him get, you know, tortured and thrown back in there. And, and when Leia's like tending to him, like that's not the Han Solo we knew, but like he is really just a guy. And he, again, he has multiple layers. Um, but uh, and then with as far as Lando goes, usually in films after a guy like that's kind of a, a friend, but then betrays usually becomes like a, a minor antagonist and, you know, he dies or that's the end of it. Um, you never see that kind of character come back in the next film as like a main character. 
Um, so I like seeing that um, and just his involvement and that like, you know, he messed up on, but um, you know, he was able to be redeemed and just to have him, um, you know, still work for them um, and help them out. I just really appreciate, you know, the time they put into to making Lando, um, not just another Han Solo, not just another Luke Skywalker, but like his own thing. Yeah, like the other half of, of the same coin, like the other side of the same coin. Uh, and I, I do love because he's, you know, he, he was playing the hand that he was dealt uh, in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, Victoria? This is one of, I said last act was my favorite, but this is act, this act is my favorite because I love the dual investment. Um, it's probably one of my favorite scenes in all of cinematic history. It's just beautiful. It's got so much interesting symbolism. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's one of my favorite scenes in all of film. Um, like Element was saying, like you see Vader to toying with him. You see um, this sort of like layer to, he doesn't want to defeat him in a way. He wants it to just like, he's just playing Luke. Um, but backtracking a little. So the entrant, the, my, you know, you're talking about, we would be honored if you would join us. My favorite dramatic entrance by Darth Vader is the force is with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. And we see the lights swell and then we see a silhouette. Um, so I used to have this memorized, so forgive me, you know, I have a law exam this week. So my mind is a little <laughs> um, convoluted, but uh, the first words that introduced Darth Vader to the public were a seven foot tall, dark Lord of the Sith, um, flowing black robes, um, something about he came in on the wind, um, just something about how he's conjured in an otherworldly kind of sense. And I feel like this really um, is the precipice of his character. Like you, he's otherworldly. He just shows up. He's conjured. Um, but okay, the dual investment, back to that. So the idea, um, you see this entire duel happen and then right when we, see, we feel as an audience something is about to change because of the visual cue we get with there being a bridge. So they're moving left to right, which is symbolic of progress, of change, something is going to happen. I mean, so even just subconsciously us as an audience member, like our hearts are you know, rising in our throats and spoiler alert for Return of the Jedi, it's the exact opposite. We see them moving right to left. Um, so it's, it's a regression in Luke's identity and, you know, his, I, Vader's identity. So we see them moving left to right. Um, something is about to change. Um, the bridge, you know, representing like th these things are about to connect. Um, and we saw visual cues making it happen for us this whole time you know like in act one we see luke in the box like the back to tank um in act two we see luke's face in vader's helmet and then now we see the bridge and the i am your father scene um and that doesn't just change luke's identity it changes darth vader's identity and you know we see like element was saying this shred of somebody else that existed because it's not Darth Vader that is his father. It was Anakin Skywalker. And so it, it's an interesting um, view of that, the dichotomy of that, the overlap in those. Um, we see Darth Vader say, come with me. It is the only way. And to me, it's, it shows how different Luke is from him in that. It is the only way. 
And Luke says, no, it's not like it, it isn't. I don't have to do these things. And I don't know, it's just a really beautiful moment. Um, I was reading about how Mark Hamill didn't like how in one of the um, special editions, they added a scream when Luke fell and they since took it out. Um, but mm, it's, a, it's a moment of calm. It's a moment of calm and he lets go. And that's something that Anakin could not do. You know, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, you know, what we know now, but Anakin could not let go, but Luke did, Luke let go. And so even symbolically, you know, literally, um, there's just so much in that duel that is just so beautiful. Um, in this act, we also see Leia's connection to the force. And it, I'm, getting, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because, you know, watching this as a, a female has, you know, there's a legacy of the force that was inherently male. Uh, um, and we see Leia as a part of it in this point. Um, we don't understand it yet, but we see Luke, like she registers that connection. She registers, she knows where he is it, and it's unexplainable. Um, and then, you know, on lighter notes, the, like the banter during the duel, the all too easy, I just, I love it. Um, <laughs> uh just all all of those things i'm trying to look at my note but oh the energy i want in my everyday life is alert my star destroyer to prepare for my arrival like i if i could have that kind of energy you know that's that's what we're that's what we're hoping for um we see at the end of this you know the final shot is them looking out wanting more you know it, it's um we don't get a happy ending we're left with questions, we're left wanting, we're left with puzzle pieces that we have to put together. Um, and so it's a very beautiful anticipation at the, end, uh, at the end of this because it is that first step into the larger world that Star Wars is so you know, beautifully um, good at doing. Like we always want more. And uh, I think it was just a lovely end to our second Star Wars. Oh, and I was gonna say that Empire Strikes Back was a very interesting experience for me because some of you have heard this story, but um, as a kid, so I was introduced to Star Wars with A New Hope first, and then Revenge of the Sith was coming out in theaters mm. um, that year. And so then my parents were like, oh, like, let's just watch one, two, and one, two, and then we'll go watch three. And so I watched A New Hope. I knew who Darth Vader was. I knew who Luke was. I knew these characters I had seen. Uh, I was like, oh, Obi-Wan, huh, that's interesting. You know, when I saw one and two, then I go to the theaters, Revenge of the Sith, nine years old. I was ready. I wasn't ready because I had two different relationships. With I had, you know, Darth Vader and I had Anakin Skywalker and then they converge and I just couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> and so I watch Empire Strikes Back with the lens of knowing like I, I was still fresh that that like love was his downfall like he his capacity for deep love whether it was you know um warped or not that's what did it and I, I guess like I watched Empire Strikes Back with that lens and so it already had this while I knew that you know Anakin and Luke were related I still got a different feeling when I watched Empire Strikes Back for the first time because of that lens. Yeah. That's uh it's, it's awesome. I mean 
I, I that's one of my favorite things finding out how people got into Star Wars for that reason because mm-hmm. depending on what you started with you have a whole different view you have different ideas of who the main characters are you yeah. have it's an entirely different message uh which is just really cool to me um, I do want to add uh to what Victoria said about it's a darker film I think the Empire was kind of like Empire what it did for Star Wars it it kind of made everyone feel claustrophobic like you kind of go from the battle of hoth where it's the sprawling landscape of snow then you go to dagobah where everything's kind of there's there's foliage and just it, everything is just very claustrophobic including yoda's hut and then you go to bespin where all the hallways are claustrophobic you know the bespin duel is just very claustrophobic i'm saying claustrophobic so much um (laughs) i just want to create that parallel between like it's a darker film because like Mm -hmm. the world um even the even like the world building and the lore was was scaled up a hundredfold as i mentioned Mm -hmm. the movie itself puts the audience into like this kind of small space that you just you can't Mm -hmm. breathe and the way it ends on a dark note is a testament to that concept yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then also as um, the other side of what uh, Victoria was saying earlier, because you were talking about Luke's journey where we see him in the back then, and then, you know, going forward. And then we look at Vader is on the other side of that is, yeah. you know, we see him as this powerful individual killing people, doing whatever he wants. Then we get a glimpse of his humanity, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, see, we see his head briefly. Yeah, and then we meet the emperor and we find out he's not the top dog. He can't, doesn't have full control on everything. And so um, for, for the character of Vader, again, he's this otherworldly being, but at the start um, and then at the end, it's just the two of them, father, son, like, and that's the most that's human like, thing favorite. that we've, that Moment. we ever got to see of him yeah um i mean his voice shakes yeah. like he like when he's talking to luke it's he pauses before he says son and i don't know there's just something beautiful about that you're so <laughs> right oh making me cry <laughs> it's like one of those inner dialogues you know, should i call him dad should i call him son <laughs> they were yeah. both kind of like having that moment that moment in their head mm-hmm. <laughs> I, but i that is that's a great point like luke literally comes out of you know sleep or coma or whatever and is like father um he didn't call him father he it's it's a moment of acceptance a moment of like i know this person and so were we getting glimmers of who anakin skywalker was at that moment i think so because mm-hmm. luke recognized him you know and i guess in my mind no it's an interesting thought i, I yeah I, I really like it um and then I also, I, I wanted to touch on a couple things of the Best Ben Duel. Uh, mm-hmm. One being the lack of music for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Just just being eerie. And then again, the same concept that we've been talking about where it's this open platform that they're fighting on. Also, the, the colors with the red and blue lightsaber and then it's a blue background with the, the red highlights in the floor. It's just really incredible. Um, but it it really felt like uh it felt like at the beginning he was ex- expecting to be able to complete his mission of just capturing this kid 
bring him to the emperor. He knocks mm-hmm. him into the thing to freeze him. Um, and it's like, okay, I guess guess he's uh, not not really up to par. And then, you know, Luke escapes and he's like, ooh, possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but again, we go from that wide open platform into the smaller room um, where Vader puts two hands on it and that's when the music starts because that's when that's when we're getting good <laughs> he blows them out and then they're on the bridge and then he's on the thing and then hang on a lot and it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and it, i don't know it just it, it still it gives me me chills because of that same you know claustrophobic feeling that you're talking mm-hmm. about and then his serene acceptance of well then i deuces man <laughs> yeah uh i i love it but um, uh, so I, I, I got to ask you guys, you know, what do you think this would have been like to see it back then when it came out in 1980? Um, and we'll keep it with that. And also, because I know, Victoria, you were looking up uh, some of the, uh, the reviews on it uh, and comments from yeah. that time period. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So hopefully you can give us some insight with those. But um, we will uh, last one start with Pep. So uh, Matt. So my dad did actually go see it in theaters. So he's kind of recounted the tale a little bit, which is super exciting to hear. But um, I do remember him saying that everyone, he said people just kept going back and back to it, like watching it three or four times. And no one ever did that with movies back then, he said. Um, But the critics just hated it. Um, But he said he remembers just seeing like all the special effects he thought were real. Like he didn't think there were any puppets. Like he was like, these are real things. Like, I don't know how, you know, they (laughs) comprehended it, but like just um because we can't even imagine that now because we've seen cgi and all that stuff but um you know it's just interesting to see them see the walkers and think like did they really build those things like are those really walking like in there um and so it's just very interesting to see like uh what people like didn't know about effects and stuff um so i definitely think a lot of people went in and were just blown away by the the practical effects because that was definitely ahead of its time yeah i mean they invented the the stuff uh, yeah. it, it's it's like it's uh, special effect engineering where it's not a, yeah. not even that it didn't exist the tools to create this didn't exist and there's so many layers to it um, but yeah uh, Victoria if, if you would see it in 1980 so I would just die I saw it um, it's uh like 40th anniversary release and I was crying I was laughing um it was a really it was a beautiful communal experience and um, I recounted this to some friends it's like you saw people bringing their kids or their grandkids and their loved ones and sharing Star Wars because in a way Star Wars is a heritage and um, we've inherited it we've bequeathed it to others and um, it's this beautiful connective thing but seeing it in uh for the first time before all these spoilers for internet and things of that nature um, would be just absolutely mind boggling. Um, You know, like was mentioned before, you know, now it's one of the most beloved movies of all time. But at the time it did get mixed reviews. um, And I was researching that recently. It's like um, someone was talking about how it's overrated. It was derivative, made no narrative sense. Um, they said that it was a soap opera instead of a space opera. Mm. Um, you know, just it was too dark. Um, that uh, it was more concerned with money making 
and franchise building um, that it um, just departed. Oh, oh, this was my favorite. Someone wrote that it trashed on all of the work that, you know, the original Star Wars had done, later named A New Hope, um, but it trashed the legacy of Star Wars. And I was, I mean, we can't imagine that now. You know, it's like, we, we can't imagine somebody saying that about Empire Strikes Back. But, um, you know, is it time? Is it the world we've fallen in love with that this is the um, entry point in a way? Um, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like it's, it's called the heart of Star Wars because it is emotionally driven. All of our action is, um, not all of it, but a grand majority of our action is emotional action, character action. Um, and that did get mixed reviews, like the um, director, I read an interview with him recently, and he was talking about how, you know, now it's, it's great that it's well received, but at the time it did get mixed response. Um, I wrote something else on this recently, but seeing it for the first time in 1980 would be wonderful and beautiful. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting having the world we've fallen in love with, and this being the cornerstone of it to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, Pep, I would have loved to have seen it in the in 1980. Um, obviously, the biggest thing that comes to mind is that it would, there would have been a bigger shock factor for me, because uh, truth be told, before I had seen this film, I had already heard the phrase "Luke, I am your father." even though that's the incorrect quote. Um, <laughs> I had heard it before, like so many times, of course, in Vader's voice. So I was kind of spoiled to a degree and like, I didn't know the context around it, but it certainly wouldn't have, would have been great to experience that live, that revelation, that twist live and kind of share in the experience. So, I mean, that's probably all I'll have to say about this. I would have loved to have that experience because like, because I was I was watching things on VHS, everyone had already seen these things and they were just, Luke, I am your father in, the, in their fans doing that you know, practical <laughs> effect. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like trying to put two and two together. And then, you know, obviously when I found out that it was Vader's voice, I was like, no. Uh, and then I had watched the movie and I was like, okay, 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 fine. So I didn't have so much of a, that twist was, wasn't so much as impactful as it would have been had I seen it with everyone else in the theater. Yeah. I'm interested about the people that thought he was lying um, and how that was not necessarily immediately accepted as truth. Like he was manipulating Luke. I, I think that would be an interesting lens to see all of it through. Yeah. yeah, George Lucas actually asked um, psychologists before making this be the twist because he didn't know whether or not children would be able to take it. If that's that's why Yoda is in <laughs> Return of the Jedi, is because they talked to a child psychologist and they needed Yoda to say it very clearly. So yeah. that's why Yoda is in Return of the Jedi. That's cool. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean I. Obviously, I, I would have loved to see it there. Then um, I have no mm -hmm. doubt that I would have absolutely loved it. But the thing I wish I had—it's going to sound weird—but I just imagine the kind of cold, empty feeling you would get walking out of the theater 
from that of like, mm-hmm. okay, so is this, is he actually his dad? And does that mean, what does that mean for Obi-Wan and Yoda who were lying to him, telling him to kill this guy this, this whole time? Like, that's kind of sus. Um, and, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's all these, you know, he, he doesn't have a hand. Han Solo is in carbonite. Um, yeah, it would just leave you with this kind of weird, open, kind of cold feeling, kind of like, you know, I, I mean, it's how I felt when I saw um, Infinity War at, <laughs> the first time <laughs> because of how it ends. And you're just like, uh, actually, so we actually watched Infinity War on um, December 31st and we timed it so that Thanos' snap would be at midnight. Um, and it's a terrible way to ring in the new year because you're just sad. <laughs> Wait, did you do this this yeah. year? Yes. Oh. We blame you. Mm. <laughs> All of this. We blame you. You should feel a little bit more remorse. He's just laughing at us. I know. He's laughing. Come on. But um, I'd also imagine like back then you don't have social media or internet, right? And you can't hop on your phone and start talking to people. Oh, is this real? Is this real? What do you think? Like, what's your theory? Instead, you're kind of you you exit the theater and you just kind of like look down at the floor downtrodden and you're just like, whoa, what's going on with life? And, and there's no way, like, you don't get to go on YouTube and find someone recorded the clip of that scene so you can see mm. it again. Like, you know, what I mean, you you have to go to a movie and see the whole movie again to catch that part again. Oh man, it's just. Yeah. Just really, really interesting. Um, well, uh, now, now I gotta ask. So we have all nine, all nine episodes. Plus, we have Clone Wars and Rebels, and we have everything. I'm curious how that affects your view of this movie, and how this movie affects your view of these other things. Um, you know what I mean? Because we're all, it's all, it's all intertwined. Um, and for this one, I will start with Matt. Oh, so. I mean, one of the things I always, I always look at the like the duel between Obi Wan and Anakin, and look at the duel between um, Darth Vader and Luke, um, and even just any of Anakin's clashes. Um, and one thing I always was weird to me, I always wondered if like Darth Vader cutting Luke's hand off was on purpose or not, because Darth Vader lost a hand back in his day, and I think losing it to Dooku was one of the first things that started his downfall to the dark side. And so I was always curious whether that like was intentional and like that was meant to be like Darth Vader was cutting it off to try to get Luke to start spiraling into that. Um, but just really any of the, the context that is added with Anakin um, just adds like, you know, a thousand layers to what Darth Vader is going through um, in all those scenes. So that's probably my my biggest one. Um, yeah. Oh, and a little s- small one, uh, getting a lot of stuff um, about uh, some of the side characters again like um, we get some stuff with Wedge and and even like Hobby and some of those other like pilots and stuff and Rebels and stuff like that you know getting to see that expanded like you know so many years later and then going back to the movie and seeing these little background characters that now have like you know full stories laid out in front of them um, is pretty nice to see too. Yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and, uh, and Victoria? So I want to go to the 2015 Darth Vader comics. Um, we see him rise from his vulnerability in A New Hope, um, and then we get the silo arc. So um, we see him say, like, in a way, these are your children, these cybernetic um, creations, this, this new threshold into a new future um, separate from the Force. 
So we see this idea of legacy of, um, you know, parentage uh, of that threshold into something different. You know, we get introduced to carbon, the nightmare fuel that is Commander Carbon. We have Tulan Voidgazer, one of my favorite Star Wars characters <laughs> of all time. I love her. Um, but we see, you know, this idea of, you know, father and um, next generation type thing. And then um, immediately following or in the midst of that arc, we see Boba Fett come to Darth Vader and say the identity of the Death Star pilot is Skywalker. And so we get this shift. Um, and, and I don't know, it really enhances Empire Strikes Back to me because of that. We see this idea of legacy and um, we see this idea of like build, 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 deconstruct immediately. Um, and I, I just, I love the idea of like, he gets to, he, he always wants to choose. He, control is one of the main things in Darth Vader Anakin arc. Um, and he wants this control of who is his child. Like it is not these cybernetic enhancements that are meant to replace him. It is his child and like his own flesh and blood. And it reminds him he's flesh and blood. Um, not a robot, not, you know, separated from humanity. Um, and it, we see the introduction of humanity in that comic and it leads us into Empire Strikes Back. Um, and then don't get me started on the 2020 after Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I can't talk about that one without crying. Which is, but, which is fair. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't include any of those panels without watching you know. my, my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm going to comment and be like, why? How dare you? <laughs> um, yes. yeah. Oh, and I want to say one more thing. I'm so sorry. I'm, okay. I'm the worst. But okay, after reading Bloodline, I know I've been talking a lot about the like um, Anakin-Luke relationship, but after reading Bloodline and just the direction of the um, when Han's about to be put into Carbonite, we see Leia in like that one shot of her face looking at Darth Vader. And we see that, you know, dr like every life drains out of her. We've seen this woman has watched her planet be destroyed. She's been tortured. And the moment she sees this happen and then he, she looks at him, that moment just after reading Bloodline, after knowing what I know now, it changes it every single time I'll, i like it, it's heart-wrenching heart-wrenching yeah absolutely um they uh, father daughter didn't have a great meeting no uh, absolutely not <laughs> um uh, element um i guess you know just to build on what everyone has said um uh overall context to every situation um more character perspectives from rebels Lost Stars, even Rogue One, when we're when we see Vader uh, on the profundity uh, instead of the ten <laughs> four, you got it. Uh, you see just how powerful he is, you know. And and granted, we had assumed this much when we first saw the OT, but you know, after seeing everything from the prequels, how how powerful Anakin was, um, and how praised he was as a duelist, you know, by Yoda and. Um, Plo Koon and all of his uh, constituents in the Jedi Order, you know, his character more. So you can see more of the nuances in his dialogue um, as Vader, and you can pick apart um, moments where he's like, oh, I think that's a little bit more Anakin than Vader. Um, 
And so with more context, you can draw a lot more parallels between Luke's impatience and his aptitude for the dark, dark side and Anakin's. So, you know, everything that we know now with all of the shows, all of the books, it just, it just kind of like, it makes it so much more robust because before then, um, even, even as large as Empire was of a, of a movie in terms of lore and scope and just world um, and um, social connection between or familial connection between Luke and Vader, knowing all nine movies changes so much about just all of the all of the dialogue we know and love um and i guess since i name dropped lost stars when you watch battle of hoth again and you see all the pilots you know boarding their t-47s and you're just like one of them's thane um and i guess it's awesome that i get to see him as part of the fight now as mm -hmm. in before when i when i hadn't lost, read lost stars um i i only really cared about luke and wedge and so like yeah just having more characters in the background especially um to uh see in those moments yeah it adds so much depth to be like you know especially them having to go sabotage the hyperdrive of the millennium falcon <laughs> and uh it's yeah it's it's so cool um oh when luke does his tow cable maneuver thing you're like thane's watching that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and so so for for me it's it's just kind of like you said but uh of adding just this depth um and my mind goes directly to to rebels um because we got a lot of forced lore in in rebels and we just kind of uh, gave us a lot of insight into just the spiritual nature of it and and it just it amplifies that scene so much and um, I mean the whole part with you know Luke training with with Yoda um, and then additionally um, all the scenes with them together gets echoed again in The Last Jedi beautifully and it's um yeah, it's just it's just powerful, you know. What I mean, all all together, it just makes the whole thing powerful, and it shows you how much love goes into crafting these things and these worlds, and just makes you want to be part of it. Uh, but yeah, why don't we go ahead and um, we'll, we'll go around and thank you everyone for for joining me. And you know, I, this is awesome. It's my favorite Star Wars movie, um, and. My favorite stars people to talk about so I, I i'm stoked um let's go around and do you know i know we, we do have some in in the comics and stuff already but um what story would you want as either a lead-in or follow-up to to this movie and then we'll end it with um just share us if you have any closing thoughts and again where we can find you um we'll start with victoria this time so, okay, I know everybody's like, oh, we've heard enough about Darth Vader. And no. yeah. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't. <laughs> so I would love the 2015 comics to get some sort of screen treatment. That would be amazing. Um, especially like I was saying, the silo arc, it's so intriguing. Um, and there's a lot of like um, traditional sci-fi elements in those um, cybernetic 
squad. Um, and so I really, I think that's really interesting. There's um, a lot of new things in the 2015 comics that um, like the shooter and war would be really cool to see, um, just to see the, like the scope of the empire and how they maintained this control. Um, Chloe so, Bennett for a Dr. Afra. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. We need Dr. Afra. We need her on screen. Um, I want triple zero on screen. I need it. I need it. Um, but honestly, yeah, anything and everything, um, I Star Wars content I will consume. So anything around this um, era would be great. Uh, maybe another like Lost Stars kind of book following uh, Return of the Jedi would be really neat. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I I would just watch and read anything. So I'm not a good person to start with. But um, <laughs> any final thoughts about Empire Strikes Back? I think there's um, just such a beauty to it that um, we've all fallen in love with. Um, it shows us what, it, it challenges us. Uh, like Empire Strikes Back is a challenge. And I, I think a lot of us um, and us here, at least we we enjoy when Star Wars challenges us, um, and so there's always something to love about Star Wars. But I think this is like the cornerstone of Star Wars can challenge you, and so this is kind of where we trace all of that back to as an active audience. Um, and where to find me? I'm it's Victoria Y'all on TikTok. So yeah, thank y'all so much <laughs> for having me. I always love chatting with you guys. It makes my month, week, year. So oh, thank you for having me. It's the best every time you come on. <laughs> and uh, Element? Um, I guess I'll piggyback off of what um, Victoria has said with the comics. Um, there's a lot of comics that we have for before Empire and after Empire that I would love to see on screen in some way, shape, or form, like a, an anthology TV show where we get to see, hopefully, we get to see Luke training with Rilla to learn Force Joke. Uh, um, and before then, we get to see Luke maybe just, uh, you know, consulting with Force Ghost Obi-Wan to learn how to do the Force Bowl. There's a lot of, th there's uh, there's three years in between, or three years before Empire and a year after Empire that there's just a lot of stories that can be told. Um, and I'll let Victoria um, um, drool over the Darth Vader side of things. And I'll just, and I'll want the Luke Skywalker <laughs> and possibly more Yoda. Um, as well maybe oh we can do the age of resistance uh comic too showing yoda just coming to terms with you know having failed and just yeah. his time on dagobah it could be the show called you know dagobah <laughs> it's so <laughs> simple but it's it's you know it is what it is um dagobah days I, i've already titled it <laughs> days. are there days on dagobah um i don't know yeah, uh, final thoughts on Empire. Uh, anytime someone has any any doubts as to whether or not they're they're gonna like Star Wars, uh, you just tell them to go back to the beginning. Like the Empire Strikes Back Strikes Back is as Dagobah is a nexus. Empire Strikes Back is a nexus for Star Wars, and like you go back here to really, really um, try to find yourself again if you're. I don't know who would um, be that wobbly nowadays, but if you ever find yourself um, wibbly wobbly about Star Wars, 
just go back to this movie and you'll fall right back in love with it um and of course you can find me on tiktok instagram and youtube helmet seven yep thanks for having me dude oh always and also if anyone listening does not know um there is this amazing thing called echoes of the past uh if, if you go to element seven's youtube channel and uh, it is fully voice acted and uh written beautifully um soon to be co-written by you i absolutely love it <laughs> and matt yeah so hear me out okay so i do have an idea of one comic or book that i really want from this um and in back when we had legends we had uh hobby and general viewers both survived and now in canon, they're considered dead right now. But they went, they spent so much time in Rebels on Hobby's story. And I would really love to see, I love the relationship of um, Callus and uh, Zeb. Man, Zeb. Zeb. Uh, in, and I would love to see, like, if Veers and Hobby survived and they're stuck, in, mm. stuck on Hoth, I would love to see them maybe, you know, one of them is crippled and they have to, like, survive on Hoth and build this relationship and learn, you know, learn about the Empire, learn why Veers is part of the Empire, learn why Hobby, you know, left the Empire. Just see, like, that and get that built up and then just have them survive, you know, because they have, like, backstories and stuff. Um, I would really enjoy probably more than anything just seeing something like that. Just those two kind of background characters, you know, just chilling literally on Hoth. (laughs) That's um, awesome. Yeah, and yeah, final thoughts. Um, again, and I think like Victoria said, um, it's a very, you know, Star Wars is a very personal thing. It's a very, um, you know, you go with groups, make sure to watch it with someone. Um, I have a lot of memories. Uh, again, me and my dad just sitting in here, um, popping a, a thing of popcorn, getting some root beer, sitting down and, and watching Empire. Um, and then uh, going to see in theaters, I got to take my fiance. So, you know, we've gotten, you know, every time I see it, it's always like uh, something memorable and someone you can go and experience it with. Um, so I just, that, those personal ties are what makes it just a little bit more special, um, you know, when you're watching it. So uh, you can find me again on TikTok. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, and I actually do have a, a website, uh, thatstarwarsauthor.com, where I post some stuff, uh, some, some short stories and some other profiles and stuff like that. So yeah, I appreciate it. I'm still, still really nervous because again, you guys are like my idols, um, but uh, it's awesome to be able to, to come last minute. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so glad you came. Uh, you know, I, Element is who I was following, Element and, and Comb, who I had on um, recently. And it's it's cool because the whole community, you know, it's, it's a big family. And they just feed off each other. Yeah. And <laughs> and it, even though, even though, you know, we do get a bad rap because there is toxicity in our community. Um, the good parts of this community are better than any other community I've, I've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, like bar, bar none. Um, for me, if, if I could have either a, a lead up or, or, or an after story, um, I actually had a really good one in mine and it just slipped out of it while I was talking. So that's, that's a shame. But um, <laughs> the whole plot of uh, the beginning of Return of the Jedi seemed ill-conceived <laughs> um, the, the, the rescue attempt contrived almost <laughs> like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh variables that had to be you know i'm happy it worked out obviously um but i think we could have a story of that of them trying to figure out where where do they take han okay who has them how can we get back how can we get them back uh, what do we need and it would be like um 
you know how they get the information It'd be like a little like a mini heist um you know film uh and then also I also I want I want a bounty hunter's tale from those people at that meeting. Like, where did they come oh. from to there? You know what I mean? Like, how did they get? You know, did, did Darth Vader like get his card, uh, business card, or whatever? Or you know, where did they go after? That? You know what I mean? Like, there was it was a cool group of bounty hunters, and I'm sure there's some excellent stories that could be told off of that um also honda onaka is somewhere in the galaxy and i, I want to know what he's up to that's just a side note but um he's yeah. just relaxing yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but again thank you guys so much for for joining me it's it's always a pleasure um this day always makes my week better and so i appreciate you guys for helping lift my spirit um but yeah thank you for joining me and may the force be with you always May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>